0: And welcome to the Clash Ciaran podcast here in Leaksep, County Caudaire. Uh, first, we're going to go over to the sports se- section of the podcast, Six Yard Box.
1: Hello and welcome to the Six Yard Box podcast, where we discuss the Premier League because that's all that matters. My name is Keely and I'm here today with Connor, Jamie, Charity and Oliver. Well, big transfer news in this week. Barcelona have thrown in a late inquiry for midfielder Christian Eriksen, who wants out of Spurs. Inter Milan have reportedly had a 16.8 million bid accepted, but is this to change? Connor Charity, what are your thoughts on th- his move? Um, I think he'd be a great addition to the team, as he suits their place so well with fast build-up play, and uh, I think he will be a good signing for them overall. Yeah, Christian Eriksen, he's got some good pass. He might make some opportunities for work. You never know. could be a good addition to Barcelona. Jamie, can we have your thoughts on Bruno Fernandes and his move to United? If this deal is to go through before the end of the current transfer window, will it be a worthwhile deal for Fernandes and United? I think that would be a good signing by the end of January transfer window as he's a good midfielder. He scores a lot of goals and assists from midfield and he suits Man United play. And so hopefully they can. he can... Um, bring up Man United up to table as they're doing pretty bad right now. Looking at the other end of the table, Liverpool seem to have things wrapped up. What about the Champions League spots, which are being hunted down by United, Tottenham and Wolves? Connor, who's your top four finishers after 38 games? I'd say Liverpool, uh, strongly enough, they're going to win the league. Loads of points ahead of all the other teams. Man City, they're going to finish second. Uh, Leicester, who are eight points above everyone else, sitting in third place. And I think... In fourth, I think Chelsea will just remain the way it is. So I think the table will remain the way it is throughout the season. And to finish up, Oliver, what is your
0: six-yard box goal of the week? Uh, I think we all agree that the six-yard box goal of the week is um, J. Rodriguez versus Man United. The second goal of two, where he scored from the left side of the pitch, outside the box, hit hit strongly, and nothing that a hair can do to save it.
1: It's been the six-yard box. Thanks for listening. See you next time.
0: Thanks for that lads. And now we go over to tea time.
2: (laughs) Hello everyone and welcome to Tea Time.
3: Today we will be discussing some Love Island drama and Meghan Markle with Prince Harry leaving the royal family. Today I'm
2: here with Caitlin and Nicole to answer some questions about Love Island. How are you today? I'm great, happy to be here. I'm great, excited to be here. So what do you think of um, the new season of Love Island? Um, I'm enjoying watching it, although last year's contestants had more character and more of a sense of fun and family. I feel this year is lacking it, but it's still fun to watch because I love the drama. I agree. So what do you think was the best entrance this year? I think Rebecca was definitely the best entrance this year. She walked in when they were in the middle of playing the game Get Your Heart Beats Racing, and she was dressed as a Greek goddess. And she got the boys' hearts racing. Right. think. Do you think that she met the expectations? Um, I think she's really pretty and gets on well with the lads, but I feel like she has it in for some of the girls. Like She doesn't seem genuine, and honestly, I think she's only there for the fame and the money not to make friends. I agree, yeah. <laughs> Who do you think is the best Islander? I think Callum is the best Islander. Um, I like Sophie and Connor together, but I'm also excited because two new boys came in last night and Luke um, looks like Justin Bieber, and I'm not complaining. (laughs) That's so nice. So what's your favourite moment so far? I think last night's episode when they were getting married at the chapel and Finley was slipping and sliding all over the place. Um, Honestly, my favourite moment, well not a favourite moment, it's kind of like a sad moment when... um, there's twins in the villa, Jess and Eve, and um, Naz had to pick between like the two of them. One of them had to stay and one of them was going home. And I thought it was really sad. Uh, Eve left and uh, it was just, it was really sad because I thought Jess would have like went with her, but she didn't. Yeah, she let her good. leave, she let her leave alone. Ouch. <laughs> I thought Jess was gonna leave as well. So what's your favorite couple? I'd say Callum and Shauna would be my favorite couple. In the beginning, I thought Callum was playing a bit of a game, but I feel that he's more genuine now with Shauna. Thank you both for being here. I was Alina and I'll pass you to Mary Angel now.
3: Hi everyone, I'm Mary Angel and I am here with Megan and she'll be answering some questions about Megan and Prince Harry leaving the royal family. Hi Megan, you're very welcome to this podcast. So what do you think of the whole situation? I think it's crazy
4: because I never knew it was even possible to leave the royal family and just become a part of the public.
3: Uh, Do you think they should return to to the royal family?
4: I think it's best for Meghan to leave because she didn't know what she was getting herself into by marrying the prince. And it was such a bad situation for her with all the hate she was getting, as well as the situation with her father. So honestly, no, I don't think they should return because they're doing what's best for them right now. And if that means splitting from the royal family, then that's how it has to be.
3: And uh, what's the situation with her father, do you know?
4: I don't think anybody really knows the situation with her father, but I was looking into it recently and he seems to never have anything good to say about his daughter. And he feels as though she's tossing away every young girl's dream of being a princess without covering himself the effects it has on her mentally and emotionally. He seems, in my opinion, to just want attention from the press and the public. He constantly talks badly of his daughter as though she is set out to destroy him. Sometimes I just feel bad for Meghan because she's after losing her relationship with her father because he can't act right. I understand it would be a big shock and a huge change in his life for his daughter to be marrying Prince Harry, but he has gone about this change in the worst way possible.
3: And last question, what do you see in their near future?
4: I really don't know because now they'll have to get jobs. I heard that Meghan Markle has already signed a voiceover deal with Disney, but I have no idea what Prince Harry is going to be getting himself into as all I know is that he has experience with the military, but I don't think he has any experience with the workforce other than that. I'm not sure if he's actually going to go back to joining the military as he has a son. So I don't know why he's going to do for a job. So that should be interesting to hear about. I just hope that their kid Archie will be okay through all this because I think that everyone seems to be forgetting that they have a child that had to go through all this drama at such a young age. It might have an impact on him, but I guess we'll see.
3: Yeah, I think the transition would be hard for Harry too. Well, thank you all for being here and thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we will see you on the next episode of Tea Time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for that. And now over to Trending Categories.
5: Hi, my name is Glenn. I'm here with Category Trending and I'm here with Luke, Avine, Eve, Dylan and Liam. And today we're going to be talking about the categories of Netflix and why we think they're trending. So Eve, we'll start off with you and we'll start off with the throwback category. Uh, Who watches these throwback shows and why do you think they watch them? Um, I feel like people tend to go back for these shows because they're very nostalgic and they just enjoy them more and they continue to watch them. So by that you mean they've aged well, but do you think they're going to continue to age well or is the culture going to shift and they're going to no longer be, you know, as liked as much? Um, on Netflix, like I feel like they don't add shows that people would enjoy as much as them, and they just tend to go back to watch them because there's nothing new that like entices them. Do you think uh, any series now will ever become a throwback show like Friends or uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine or anything, or has everything been done in that uh, kind of throwback cate- category, and they're not really able to uh, expand on that type of sh- of that type of show? Uh, No, I don't think they'll ever have, like, a new friend. Like, I feel like they've kind of lost their spark, nearly. People aren't as excited to watch a show anymore. Like, they just feel like they can binge watch it and then not have anything to look forward to. Uh, That's it for the throwback category. Now we'll move into true crime, and that will kind of be the theme throughout our uh, next few categories. Um, So... Uh, why do you feel these series are so popular, Liam?
6: Uh Well, I just think the series are popular because it actually happened. If it's true crime, then it actually happened. And I feel like people are more interested if it actually did happen. And people do gruesome things on true crime. So it's interesting to hear about
5: do you think Netflix saw a gap in the market with Making a Murderer and how well that did and then they kind of pounced on it and brought out all these true crime documentaries and expanded on them?
6: Um, Kind of, I guess. I mean, they have made a really big profit off, you know, crime dramas and stuff
5: like th- that now.
6: So I'd say, yeah, to be honest.
5: Do you think the public do you think the public demand will ever change, or will it always be uh, revolving around crime and what happens in uh, the underworld of crime?
6: I don't think it'll change anytime soon, but eventually, I just think it will shift because you know there's only so much that you can talk about in this kind of category.
5: Next, our next category is a weird culty, for lack of a better term. Um we agreed to call this category weird and culty. Why do Dylan, why do you think we settled on this? Um I think we settled on this
6: because uh this genre of uh shows uh, are quite
5: weird and have a weird storyline. Do you think these series have any similarities to the throwback ones or are they completely different?
6: Um I think they're completely different because uh most of the throwback uh ones are in real life and a lot of
5: the uh, weird ones are cartoons and the final category is dramas Luke again we see a pattern of shows about crime
7: why do you think
5: these shows pose interest
7: uh, because they're the most exciting shows around and uh, they're the most interesting
5: um, it is often said that the ending to these Netflix dramas are often anticlimactic. climatic do you agree
7: uh, yeah, I do think uh, they're anti-climatic because I think they drag out and uh, I think they get a bit boring after a while.
5: Um, this question is for all you: If you could rate Netflix as a whole right now,
7: how would you say it's doing? Uh, at the moment, I think Netflix is a 7 out of 10.
3: Um, I think it's about a 6 out of 10 because the shows used to be a lot better
5: than they are now. I think it's around a 7 out of 10, but I feel like they're not adding anything exciting at the moment. I
6: uh, will give it a 7 out of 10 as well. Uh, I'll give you a 6 out of 10 just because uh, you can only watch certain shows in specific regions
5: alright thank you that uh, concludes our podcast about uh, Netflix categories thank you for listening
0: thanks for that and finally let's go over the contrasting eras
8: Hey guys, welcome to our very relevant part of the podcast, Contrasting Eras. In this section, we are looking at two different decades of music, the 2010s and the 1990s, and seeing which is better by opinion. Now over to Sam to talk about the 2010s. Hi,
7: I'm Sam. We will now be talking about the 2010 era. Uh, these are uh, my favorite songs from 2010. Uh, first up we have a song from the number one artist in the world with, six fo- with over 65 million uh, monthly listeners, Ed Sheeran. My uh, second favorite artist is Dermot Kennedy with, with his song Power Over Me. Uh, the third artist who is the 28th artist in the world is Louis Capaldi with his song Let It Roll. The fourth artist is Bruno Mars with his song Grenade. My fifth artist is a grime artist, Stormzy, with his song, Vossy Bop. Uh, The sixth artist is Cadet, with his song, Daily Duppy. Uh, The seventh artist is a country singer, Zach Bryan, with his song, Headin' South. Uh, The eighth artist is, is the script, with their song, The Last Time. Uh... The n- ninth artist is Dave with his song S- "Strengthum." Uh, these are all examples of artists who have expanded dramatically, as it is much easier to um, get your music out there um, since the nineteen, since the nineties.
8: One of the most underrated genres of music nowadays was really big in the nineties. Heavy metal bands such as Metallica, Nirvana and ACDC made it really big and peaked in popularity in the 90s. One of their biggest songs, Enter Sandman, and another one of their big songs, Nothing Else Matters, came out in 1991. I think the music from the 90s is better quality and standard compared to the 2010s because a lot of songs written nowadays don't have much meaning to them. Uh, For example, Nirvana, Come As You Are, from um, the 90s, is a really good song. And Zombies by the Cranberries is also another good song. Thanks for listening to our part of the podcast.
0: That's it for today. And if you want to find out more about Clash Ciaran, go to clashciaran.com. Thanks for listening.